Check this out. Your home for Utah's best sports radio is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. All right, welcome in. It is The Big Show. Welcome to the 4 o'clock hour on a Friday. On a Friday after the 4th of July on Thursday. What does that mean? That means there's not a whole lot of work getting done today. Is that what that means? Especially here. (laughs) Wait a minute. We're here. We're working. Ah, we're here. <laughs> we're here, that's for sure. This is live. All, all our listeners out there, are you at work right now? I hope you're not. Are, are you on your way home from work, or are you lounging by the pool as we speak? I, I hope that they are uh, at home, uh, beached well on the couch, with us in their ears on the streaming on the Zone Sports Network app. All right, that's something worth hoping for. There are uh, some folks who are working, working hard to prepare for the big moment under the spotlight, and that would be the Women's World Cup soccer team, the U.S. women's team, going up against the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, I I think Michael Caine once said it right, didn't he, about... There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. (laughs) Oh, man. Now, the Netherlands has never been to a World Cup final before. The the women's team? Yeah. The men's team was recently, weren't they? Of course. Uh, Talent is our resident soccer expert other than you, Gordon. Yes. Yeah, they lost to Spain in 2010, I believe. So I'm curious to know, Austin, what you think – of uh, this particular final and how you think it's going to go? How would you break down the the Netherlands women? Well, well first of all, uh, to do this, we have to do it in the proper Dutch pronunciation of the Netherlands women's football team. The name is actually Netherlands Vroevenvoort Balleftal. <laughs> They'll take on the greatest athletes this country has put on a world stage in recent memory, in the Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, Kristen Press, uh, and uh, Nair uh, led uh, 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 Women's World Cup team from America, the United States. Yeah, we don't really have a cool nickname. Alyssa Nair? What is her nickname? Oh, I wasn't talking about players, but oh. like, if you're talking about the like the Dutch soccer teams, like their like nickname. You is mean the Netherlands <laughs> Ruvenvoort Bellefton? <laughs> yeah, but like usually people call them Larange. Larange? Yeah. Because they're orange, because they're oranges, their colors. Those people should go play Quidditch. So, so uh, the U.S. don't really have a sweet name. The U.S. is only favored by a goal, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> in soccer, they're only favored by a goal in soccer. So if a team got like What's that, seven four points, touchdowns in, in in football, seven points for a score, uh, then they'd be favored by seven. Right. Essential. Uh, now that makes sense. It, it doesn't, but we'll go with it. Okay. In soccer, only only favored by a goal. That means you're favored to you're just favored to win if it's a goal. Well, it's some, not, some people you can't have, win by half a goal. Some people have pointed out that the uh, that the Netherlands is not particularly strong defensively. No, and uh, some other people have termed that in a way that we don't need to share on the air either. 
Uh, but they, they aren't as strong on the defensive end, which is at the backside of the field, right? They're not as strong there. And the, but they have outscored their opponent 10-6 to 6 in this tournament, the Netherlands' Vroevenvoort Bellefdol. You know, the, uh, the U.S. has had tough competition, and they've won three straight matches 2-1. to one. So you're saying the goal differential really isn't all that uh, fair. I think that's what I might, may or may not have possibly said, but not said without saying it. Is there anything else you would like to say yes. about about this particular final? And uh, by the way, Megan Rapino is uh, complaining a little bit <laughs> that there are that on the on the day of the women's World Cup final that there are like two or three men's finals on the same day. What have you to say for that? I think Megan Rapino whether. I don't agree with everything she says or does. There are some things I do uh, agree with, but I do respect her to use her liberty of free speech to speak her mind and to try and inspire what she feels needs to be changed and bring attention to something she doesn't uh, doesn't like and wants it to be more equal. And do you think that should be changed, the yep. fact that men are playing their finals like in the Gold Cup, et cetera? Yeah, it should be. They should. Th- this should be th- – th- do the women play a Gold Cup – on the day of the men's World Cup final? Probably not. No, they don't. That. So why is that okay for the men to play a Gold Cup final on the day of the women's gold, uh, World Cup final? I'm with her on that. You really are enamored by the women's game, mm-hmm. soccer. What is it about? Why is that? Is it because the U.S. is so much better, the women are so much better than the men relative to the competition, or is there something more about it? There's a little bit of the Yankees-Lakers thing to it, where whenever someone's really good, you like them more. They're more exciting and more interesting and more entertaining to watch. It's a better product, therefore you want to watch it more. I also just think that the game is played with better pace, it's played with uh, more pristine uh, passing and uh, strategy, and I feel like there's more excitement in the women's game. The men's game always looks to me like the old Simpsons skit, or maybe it's Family Guy. I don't know. They rip each other off all the time, where the guy just passes it. They just pass it in a triangle at midfield, and then in stoppage time, the referee goes, "Well, that was boring. Let's add eight minutes." <laughs> Oh, no one scored yet? Well, my eight minutes go slower than the clock's eight minutes, and only I know because it's only on my wrist. There's a lot of made-up stuff at the end of soccer games in the men's game. With the women's, it seems to be more of a science. Mm. I could be completely wrong. Maybe no, I'm not an expert, but I really like it more than the, than the men's game. All right. Also, Five got, to one is my prediction, by the way. I got, uh, I got bad news for you. That's not new, but yeah, go ahead. Mad Magazine is shutting down after 67 years. Why is that bad news? Because we all grew up reading Mad Magazine, didn't we? <sighs> reading? I'm sorry, what's a magazine? Uh, and, and, Mad? And reading? Yeah. You read Mad Magazine? What else would you do? Uh, kind of perused and looked at pictures? <laughs> Not a lot of reading in the, in, the, in the comic strip magazine of Mad. No, there was some funny stuff in there was, through the years. Okay, that, that that may be, but it's it's not it's not War and Peace. This isn't on Walden Pond. This is uh, no. But if you're a, on it, Walden Pond, I don't, I don't know just about, I don't right? know how many girls uh, read Mad Magazine, but most kids I knew, my friends growing up, we all thought Mad was pretty funny. 
I had a couple uh, friends that had that subscribed to Mad Magazine when I was in elementary and junior high, and uh, there were a couple. Of, I liked the Spy versus Spy comic that was mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, but I'll be completely deadpan honest with you. Other than that, I did not care for it. You didn't. I maybe I was too much funny. of a nerd, but I thought it was immature. And I'd never read it. And the TV show. <laughs> well, you got them there, don't you? The the Mad TV that no, tried careful to careful com- what you're talking about. Mad tried TV to, tried to compete with SNL. <laughs> SNL SNL was good most of the time. Uh, it was never great, really, except for a few moments here and there. Mad TV was never good ever. And they were just trying to. I liked all that to the Nickelodeon version of SNL better than Mad TV's version of SNL. Saw, All the hot takes today. I saw a ranking on somebody's list of major league baseball teams' uniforms. <laughs> Wait, are we moving on for Mad? We are. I don't know. Guess who was dead last on oh, this ranking? Stop it. Okay, if I'm ranking them, the current the current ones. The Angels were dead last. Let, let me guess. Why? Why? What's the reason? I don't know. Because they're this, too classic? Because they're too to, clean? This comes down to personal taste. I mean, really. They don't have wild, wacky... Oh, I'll bet the Diamondbacks were first, weren't I, they? I have no problem with the Angels uniforms. There's uh, nothing to have a problem with no, it. What no was problem. number one? I'll give you the top five. Okay. Fifth were the Cardinals. Okay. Fourth, the Oakland A's. All right. The green and the we yellow. We don't need to hear the rest. This Whoever wrote this is blind. Wait, wait. It gets worse. The, number three is the Pirates. Stop it! <laughs> the Pirates had good uniforms way back in the day, when back when Roberto Clemente and Willie Stargell were playing. Well, then they went through that phase when Dave Parker was playing for him and somebody described him coming down. He was playing second base. Yeah. <laughs> Clowkey likes to tell the story. And Dave Parker was going, he said, uh, the infielder said it looked like a 265-pound canary coming. <laughs> That's so terrible. <laughs> number two, well, actually, number two and number one were tied. So who do you think they were? The Yankees. And? Uh, the Dodgers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's a pot, it's whoever's team has the most fans living in that city wins the uniform. Now, Anaheim is not really L.A., so it doesn't count. Dead last is silly, and I'll tell you why they didn't win, because the fans down there have a few more fun things to do rather than go out to the ballpark. That's the problem with the Angels. Well, they draw crowds. They sure do, when they've gone to the beach already. But uh, the other, the Cardinals? You're telling me the Cardinals uniform is better than the Angels uniform? Yeah, well, the, the, you know, the Cardinal on the bat. It's not changed since the first day they ever I made know, the but uniform. That's not necessarily all bad. It is certainly the is. The Yankee uniform has that changed a lot. The Yankee uniform, I can't share what I think about the Yankee uniform. You don't like the pinstripes. I don't huh? like the logo. The oh. pinstripes don't bother me as much. Oh. the The logo looks like something else to me. But the Angels being last, and I'm maybe a homer. They shouldn't be first. They would be in my book, but that's fine. They shouldn't be last. Where did you have the Diamondbacks? Where the Diamondbacks are ranked on the list? I think list? they were in the middle of the middle somewhere. That's, that gives me hope because the Diamondbacks change their uniform more than the weather changes on July 4th in Utah. They, they, they go through 17 different uniforms to try and sell their team to the youth and make them cool, and they just need to stick with something and go. When I was uh, – I saw a list similar to this, only the results were quite different – 
probably 35 years ago, and you know it was voted number one back then? It was the the uh, San Francisco Giants really? road uniforms. Uh, and okay, thirty five years ago, uh-huh. what was the road uniform? Was it I, all I'm black? I'm guessing thirty five. No, it was gray. It was gray with the with the black and orange lettering. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. but anyway, to each his own. It's all different. I, but I think it's important for team people th- think that when we talk about uniforms and the appearance of a team, they think, "Oh, come on, what difference does it make?" It does make a difference. I think fan bases like to like the way their team looks yeah. mm-hmm. on the court, on the field, on the diamond. And uh, you don't want your team looking like they're wearing the pajamas out there. <laughs> uh, do you think that most jazz fans like the jazz uniforms? They should. The jazz have done an amazing job with their designs, with the uniform designs. Uh, that city edition has done really were well. The only, were they the only team that got the exemption to wear it another season? Oh, I don't in know. In the league? I don't know. Uh, and that's because it was the best one. I think Miami the, got theirs, Miami too. Miami did as well. Okay, but it's still – and those were really good, too, the Miami mm-hmm. Vice-looking ones. Uh, I think it's really important to uh, have a, a team – so you love your team regardless. You pick your team, you love them, that's what you do. I'm of the school you don't get to change teams. You get to pick a team, and that's who you love. But then what, it also – once in a lifetime yep. – come on. Choose wisely. You can't hold that to a choose, seven-year-old who wisely. makes a choice at seven and then – when he's 35 years old, he might think, okay, what am I, why'd I do that? That was a mistake. Yeah, should have, should have thought of that before you, when you were seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're going to hold it it's, to him. It's a man's world, seven year old boy. Choose, choose wisely. Now, but it's also important to be able to proudly sport a t shirt, a hat, uh, something that you feel good in yourself that also sports your team's logo. I so if I were to ask Ute fans, do you like the Ute's football unis? Which ones? They change every week. They do change quite a bit. Or BYU. BYU. Do you like what the Cougars wear on Saturdays? Are you asking me or the fans? Well, I'm asking, sort of just posing the question. I think there's something kind of cool about Utah State, how they've not really ever wavered from the colors. Oh, not the colors, but they changed it up dramatically about what ten years ago or something. The the logo and the look on the uniform, yeah, yeah and that comes, but it's still kind of classic. It's still classy. Well, looking. didn't BYU steal Aggie blue away a little bit? That's where I was going with this. Now, when BYU went to the late nineties gold and, and blue and white with and the bib, well, and even at, yeah, the bib was a bad look, and it was cheating too. By the way, is why they got it taken away because the other team wearing white. That's kind of cheating to have mean, half your you uniform mean, white. You mean they'd be wearing? You tell, telling me that they'd still be wearing the bibs if it weren't for that? Uh, they were forced to get rid of them. Gordon, if it gives you an advantage, you'll go naked on the football field. You've got to win these games. Now, uh, but the gold thing needed to go away, and instead of going back to the royal blue, they went and stole the the navy from uh, the Utah royal, State. The way they said it was that it uh, it was easier for their fans to wear. Why? Oh, because it was just, you know, I, I don't know why. That's what they said. Well, then why does every fan now that I see wearing Likes a BYU royal. has a royal yeah. blue uh, logo or shirt on? Yeah. It's I, a good look. It's a sharp look, that royal blue. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. The Utes have done some nice things with Under Armour, too. Yeah, I, I They're agree. fun. They yeah. usually look pretty sharp on the field, I think. I'm not a big fan of the blue on blue and the red on red. I, I like to have some variants, but I, I think the local teams look pretty sharp out there. Uh, did you see that Joey Chestnut uh, <laughs> won another 
hot dog eating contest. I saw. How many hot dogs did he eat, Talon? Do you know? 49. He didn't break the record, but I just can't even imagine doing that. There's just no way I could do that. I'd probably be better on a balance beam than I am just chugging hot dogs. 71. 20,590 calories. That's How do you do that? How do you do that? And this is like, isn't this, how many times has he won the title? You know, like 13 uh, times or something ridiculous? 12 like time that? now. 12. I mean, how do you do that? I mean, if I'm sitting down. And look yourself in the mirror. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm yesterday, I'm sitting down eating maybe two hot dogs. Not oh, seven. Oh, come on. You can do more than that. Out of Through the whole day? You had two hot well, dogs no, all these day? Guys, these guys are racing. They do it inside of like 10 oh, minutes, see, don't they? Tony claims he could do 12. But then when we put his feet to the fire, he put in like a five-hour limit. Over five hours, he can eat 12 with bun. So he, he kind of cheated that. Well, I but. think all of us could eat 12 in five hours. Mm, that's kind of the, the whole thing. That, that gives you a whole lot of time. Uh, you know, I saw this on a replay. I didn't see it live. I stopped in... Uh, we did the Utah County thing with our in-laws in the morning, my in-laws in the morning. Then we were going up to my family north, and uh, on the way we stopped by JCW's to get a, a burger and a shake bigger than Tony. Mm-hmm. And that's when I looked up on the TV, and the cornhole championship ended, and the hot dog eating t- contest replay began, and that's when I decided I'll finish my food later. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, I lost my appetite real quick. Do they dip it in water? Is that the way? They do this thing now where they like cup their hand mm-hmm. and, and they mush it all together in their hand. Yeah. They just shove it into their mouth with their hand covering their mouth like this. That's so, disgusting. So you don't see the the wood shavings, as it were, flying out the side of the chipper. But you can hear the. That's a professional athlete with a net worth of $800,000, that Joey Chestnut. Is that what he's. His parents got to be real proud. Real proud. I, I'm impressed because I just couldn't do it. There's no way I could do that. It's, in that sense, it is impressive, yeah. Uh, hey, Gordon, as Utah's number one home builder, Ivory Homes brings experience, quality, and design to every home and community they build. Learn more at ivoryhomes.com. All right, stick with us. We'll be back. Uh, got uh, some more items on the list. Man, this Coco Goff. Have you been watching her at all? I've been reading about her, yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, the Utes, some very good news for Utah football. Coming up next. This is DJ and PK. Scott Agnes covers the Indiana Pacers for the Athletic. As you look at the West now, what should Jazz fans think for a win total? Where do you think they slot in the West? It's hard to say at this very moment that they're not the favorites, although I would temper that with saying, I think the Lakers are really going to dive in. That would be my expectation. But I think the Jazz are well in line to win nearly 60 games potentially and be one of the leaders in the Western Conference. I really like this makeup of the team and really praise their front office. For what they did, it feels like they are all in, at least for the next two years. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
but you can hear the that's a professional athlete Welcome back. It is the big show, and now it's Austin Horton impersonating Joey Chestnut as he was uh, defending his hot dog eating contest championship. When, when he does his interviews, he just has a mouthful all the time. So, Joey, how'd you do on that turret? Well, oh, turret. Yeah, keep saliva. The keys to have a good drink next to you. It's like you on a remote. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I could not eat hot dogs fast like that. But if I'm going to enjoy a hot dog, now I'm going to load it up with all kinds of fixings. You know, what do you like on your dog? Oh, I, everything. Relish. Yeah. Onion. Yes. Mustard. Yes. Ketchup. Yes. Mayo. Tomato. What do you got in there? What are you eating in oh, there? Oh, you weren't supposed to share that. Where'd you get that? Talent? We're watching Gordon's sodium intake these days. What is that? We gotta help him. What you uh, oh, Scott, just a loose J Dog. Scotty oh, bought okay. J Dog for the station today. Oh, did he? Those who were here all day. Oh, all right. That well, that is for you. We oh, forgot it is? to tell you. That's the one for you. Yeah. How long has it been sitting in there? Uh, since about two. Is that okay? I can't. <laughs> it's a hot dog. <laughs> you know what's in a hot dog? <laughs> Unfortunately. I oh, once I know. did the research did I, on that. There's a drop you need to play here about, uh, we've heard this story a hundred times, but it's right there on the incriminating audio. We've heard this story a hundred times. Let's move on. I found out all the fictions in hot dogs. And you claimed there was a beak in well, the hot dog mixture. A beak, <laughs> sir. You gotta watch out. But some hot dog. I mean, a good hot dog is hard to beat. You know, and I'm not even really a hot dog guy, but I, I sure can enjoy one at the ballpark. Or I like how um, you say hot dog. Hot it's dog. There's a little uh, Easter Easter uh, accent in there. Uh, maybe hot it is, dog. but I'll, I'll I'll take all the fixings on there, man. I love mm. that stuff. Sounds good to me. I just can't eat 75 of them or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I talked about this uh, before we came back. Uh, you know, a lot has been made of Coco Golf. The 15-year-old, who's the youngest to qualify to play at Wimbledon, and she won again today. Uh, Who she beat today? Started out slow. I don't know. Oh, okay. so, sorry. Uh, started out slow, but uh, but came on strong. And is man, it's a big story over there. And she's American, so that's uh, got uh, the uh, the interest of our countrymen here pretty fired up about uh, a 15-year-old being able to beat these. And she beat Venus in the first uh, round, who was a hero of hers growing up. But now an 11-year-old girl has qualified for the U.S. women's amateur. Her name is uh, Gianna Clemente. Okay. 11 years old? 11 years old. She qualified for this 119-year-old event. She shot a 71 at a qualifying tournament. Oh, golf. Golf. Okay. Yeah. It's like so, 70, 71 in tennis, that's not good. Uh, no, no, no. You can't even get that. So here's a question I have for you. When I was watching Coco Golf play, I thought, wow, she seems remarkably composed. I think she's ranked 313th in the world or something like that. They kind of threw her a bone and said, hey, you can come on over here to Wimbledon and play. And uh, she's been knocking off all these, these players. But an 11-year-old qualifying for the U.S. Women's Amateur, I'm – I'm just wondering, are we are we pushing 
too hard too early for these young athletes. And like I said, Coco looked totally comfortable, like she was having the time of her life, enjoying herself. But I don't know, 11 years old hmm. at a U.S. women's amateur? Isn't yeah. that a little frightening? There's a part of me that wonders, wouldn't that uh, young lady be better served doing that as a hobby, not a job at that young age? At 11 years old, shouldn't that be something that she just goes and has a good time with on the weekends or her free time during the week and then as a, has a balanced 11-year-old life? Yeah, but if you're qualifying, then you have to be totally committed to it, right? Yeah. And so the fact that she's able to qualify like that means that she's spending an awful lot of time doing it. Now, I don't like to necessarily tell kids how they should spend their time or... I'm sorry, uh, uh, youngster, you are working way too hard. You are being way too conscientious. Why don't you goof around a little more? Go break some rules. Yeah, go spend some more time doing video games, you know. <laughs> go hang out at the mall or whatever kids do these days. I don't but uh, If he had adopted that attitude before Hayward left, he may have never left. So so here's my question. Is it too go much? right past that. Yeah, huh? is it too much too soon? I worry. Uh, now I'm... I am out of my league here because I have not raised a child yet. I'm currently attempting to raise one. Uh, so I, 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 too, don't want to cast stones at something I don't know, know a lot about or have any, or if any, experience in. But I do, I'll speak from my own experience growing up. Uh, I could have uh, – my parents would have given me every opportunity they could have afforded to go to special camps, special trainings, uh, a year round, whatever. Because it's, if it was something I was driven and really wanted to do, mm-hmm. they would have done what they could to make it possible. But that's because it was up to me. It was my choice. It was my decision. Every year, without fail, from the time I was five years old and first started playing sports till the time that I was out of the house, every year they would ask me, do you want to do this anymore? Do, is this something you want to do? Before they would just assume, yep, he's playing this, he's doing that, mm-hmm. and sign up. And uh, I didn't appreciate it at the time. I really recognize the value in that now because I feel like while I didn't make varsity and I didn't turn out to be the star athlete that it, my dreams would have had me be, I had uh, I made some really good friends in other walks of life. I was I was able to explore more talents than just the sports, and I feel like I was a little more well balanced and rounded than uh, a person who uh, may have only focused on every free moment I have, I'm golfing on the golf course or I'm hitting the batting cage or so on and so forth. Here's the thing about it, though, uh, and Austin, it's, it, it, it's uh, parents have to find the right, uh, the right arc, I guess, for their kids to, to help guide them. Uh, but I have seen a lot of parents of the years, and as you know, my kids all played sports, and it got pretty serious for all of them. Uh, I had three of my daughters played college sports, and uh, but from the from the junior ranks on, it got pretty intense. And what I see is parents who are uh, willing to help their kids, do what they can for their kids to provide opportunities for them. But if they sacrifice the way they do for those opportunities and to pay for those opportunities, such as travel and coaching and uh, equipment and all that stuff, 
then because they're pouring so much into it, they want the effort to be put in on the part of the kids who are participating. Hmm. And that got pretty that got pretty intense at times with people that I saw. Now my wife and I, when we got involved, especially in the tennis thing, we wanted to we wanted to make sure that we made we we built relationships with other parents and other kids because we didn't want to get into it and just be rooting for one of those parents who just root for your own kid and don't care about anybody else. That's a really bad look. And so we went out of our way and enjoyed it and it really came to our own benefit to be able to get to know the kids and be able to root for them and uh, hope they did well uh, as well. Uh, even when they were playing our own, my, our own kids, uh, sometimes that's the way it was, and it's hard when when they're all your friends. But I'm telling you, it does get intense when the commitment level is high for the parents themselves. And I don't know how this Coco. I, I don't, I'm not familiar with her story really. She's 15 years old. She turned 15 in March. Uh, but her parents probably at some time along the arc there, they someone came to them and said, "Hey, your daughter's really good." Really, really good. So does she want to do this? And she probably said she did. But when you get into problems is when the parent wants it more than the kid does. That's when uh, you run into trouble because it just does not work. And if you're a parent out there right now within the sound of our voices and you have a kid and you think, oh, man, I want my child to get a college scholarship or I want them to be successful, I want them to be a pro or whatever, man – if you have to push them to get there, don't go down that road. Mm. I read a study once that said that most kids who start sports at an early age, the ones who quit, quit by the time they're 13. And the number one reason they quit, because it's not fun. Oh. And that's too bad. However, you know, if you're going to be great, sometimes the fun, that line between fun and work does get blurred. And I, that's why I wonder about these things when I hear about these super young kids who see that kind of success early on. I wonder, okay, one, how did they get there? And two, are they enjoying the journey? Yeah. Now, Coco today, as I was watching her play and win, I thought she looks like she's having fun. Does she? But for some kids, I, I, I don't know if that's the way it is. And you don't want to wreck your kid in the name of a sport it's just not worth it it's not a healthy endeavor it's not a healthy pursuit and i i always tell parents man chances are your kid's not going to be an olympian is not going to be a professional athlete uh so don't don't force them into your vision of what you want that kid to be but i get in trouble when i do that one time i wrote a column i think i've told you about it uh, that was your kid is not Tiger Woods and never will be. I got a lot of pushback for writing that. You're stealing dreams, and you know you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't put a ceiling on kids. But in most cases, they're not going to be that. And one time, I spoke to a group of parents, uh, volleyball uh, parents, and I got in front of them. And I'd seen this team play. It was a high school team, and I got in front of them, and they asked me to speak to them. And I said, uh, none of your kids are going to be Olympians. And I heard later that a number of the parents were upset at me. But I'd seen the kids play. I knew they weren't going to be Olympians. So why? Even if you hadn't seen them play, the odds are they're not going right. to be Olympians. Right. Uh, but 
uh, I would hope my goal, Gordon, as a parent, is that if my daughter wants to be a, a World Cup soccer player or the best garbage woman in the world, that I will be just as vigorant or uh, vivorant and, and uh, or uh, in love with helping her and seeing her achieve that goal, regardless of what it is. If she's into it, I hope I become into and it. And that's a big part of it. If the, you can only go at the level the kid is willing to do, you if you have to push them to get them there, then you're you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, I don't think any of us feel like Tiger Woods is a healthy person all the way around. I don't know. I don't know. I can't really speak to that one way or the other. I've just finished uh, this in-depth book that covers his life with great uh, intimate detail. And uh, I know that he has a love for golf. I wonder what else he missed out on life uh, because of it. But he might be saying now, well, it was worth it because he, it made him a billion dollars. Yeah, he know? might say that. I don't know if he believes it. Though. I, I don't know. It's just something to be aware of, I guess, is the key to strike the right tone with, with our kids as they move through this process. And... I would tell my advice to kids would be work as hard as you can at it to get as much as you can out of it, but you better enjoy it. You better want to do it because if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it at a particularly high level. And if you do it at a high level, then you're going to quit as soon as you can, Mm -hmm. as soon as it's no longer useful to whatever it is that you want to do. And I'm not sure how healthy that is. There's a whole lot of other things that might be more beneficial in a kid's life. If uh, if if they could uh, if they could uh, be focused in on that, all right. Uh, I said earlier that we had really good news about the Utah Utes, and we do have good news. We'll talk about that next coming up, and also the not sports report. No. Yep, that too. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. What would you give up for a year to ensure that Kawhi Leonard does not go to the Los Angeles Lakers? I would not shave my head for a year. Is that enough? I'll look like Hulk Hogan is who I'll look like. The long sides and bald top. (laughs) I would join the church choir. There. This is if he says, I'm going based on that. No, you do this and the universe makes it physically impossible. (laughs) He cannot sign that contract with the Lakers. Fine. It's like the Ursula contract in Little Mermaid. Oh, Canada. So if he goes to Toronto, you will sing on the Arrow Canada. Oh, yeah. I will 100% deliver on this. Before or after the hot dog contest? Uh, probably before. Okay. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Kick it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Report brought to you by LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. Go ahead. Ruin the show. All right. I've got two things to ruin the show, and then you've got something over there that's going to ruin it, too. <laughs> Whoa. Easy now. 
Okay, the first one is this. Remember the controversy over the Betsy Ross Nike shoes and the governor of Arizona was all mad at Nike for backing out of that deal? Yeah. Well, apparently after he put up the stink he did, like two days later on the 4th of July, he showed up at at an event wearing Nikes. Mm, Interesting, huh? Interesting how those types of things tend to go. Yeah, they do sometimes. And then there's this. And this one I have to be quite careful about. But a hospital in uh, New York State has has a display in their lobby of 200 fishing lures. Oh, no. And the fishing lures... Is this near the emergency room? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Are from incidents that happened that the doctors in the emergency room had to treat. And they, the doctor said that they, they have removed fish hooks from thumbs, arms, legs, ears, noses, eyelids, lips, the side of necks, the back of other people's heads, Nearly every body part, including... No! That one doctor said that individuals oftentimes will be wearing bathing suits or skimpy, loose, hanging shorts. Uh, And you've got it. The hooks have also made their way to the private area (laughs) of some fishermen. Is that the catch of the day there? Is that Uh, that? Well, that would be a heck of a catch, wouldn't it? Oh, look what I got. Uh, the The doctor said oftentimes, quote, alcohol has something to do with it. You don't say. Yeah. Fishing? So watch out when you're casting that you don't snag your buddies. Oh, Gordon. I don't, I've not shared. Body part. I don't even like watching people put their earrings in and out of their ears or touch or play with their earrings it makes my stomach churn literally churn like the sea and to hear of an emergency room that has removed lures from people's bodies i i've there's a bad joke i want to make but i'll leave it i'll tell you in the in the break well the the doctor said that you know oh. that men have suffered hooks in the old onions and everywhere oh. else you know <laughs> No, really. Did you see what I caught over the weekend? It was this big. I swear. I swear to you. <laughs> okay. In some cases, size really is nah, nah. <laughs> All right. What do you got over there? Uh, all right. Uh, just the poll question for the movie zone tonight. All right. Uh, yeah, we're working even further tonight. Yeah, even longer go. today. Today we're talking about historical movies, movies uh, that are based in history, about history, a historical moment. Mm. What is a, a good or favorite movie based in or, or uh, around history? For when you, you say based, uh, it can be loosely based, right? right? Yeah. Well, uh, there's a couple of movies that come to mind that I that I enjoyed. I thought Patton was really good. See, that's what Jake Scott says almost every week for the movie's own poll question, and I've never seen Patton. Oh, really? Yeah. I know we played the, the soundbite once, and I mm-hmm. was very uncomfortable playing it, uh, but it seems like a hard movie to watch. I liked also, uh, was there a movie called 13 Days? 
13 hours. No, 13 days. It's, it was the movie about the, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, I have not seen that. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Because 13 hours is about Benghazi. Ah. And so that's similar. Uh, it's politically charged. Talon, do you have a historical movie? I guess it depends on how, again, like how loosely you define loosely based. My favorite movie of all time is Django Unchained, which is... Based is that in, based on a true well, story? Well, yeah. no, no, it no, it's not a true story, be. but but I mean, it's based on a story in that in historical context was I mean, I mean we left it open, so I guess we'll allow it, but that's that's really stretching. I I, I, I want a more responsible, closer to history. Like like saving private Ryan's not a true story, but everything that they go through is based on history. Okay, what what about uh, Dunkirk? Dunkirk is a good answer. Yeah, it's a fine answer. What was I your answer? Struggled to come up with that one. Uh, my answer is probably Saving Private Ryan. Mm. I think that's probably as close to a perfect movie as you can get. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. So, being the Fourth of July weekend and uh, a week and all that, we decided to go that route tonight. So seven to eight, right here on the Zone Sports Network, ninety-seven five for the the movie zone tonight. There's no wrong answer, unless it's someone's basing well, it on something that really didn't take place. Some people have come back with Armageddon. Which oh, can't bro. a Armageddon? A that's in the future. Yeah, that, that hasn't happened. And B, it's not history. Yeah, uh, so save it. You're not funny. And then, of course, our friend Sterling comes back every week with the Dark Knight. That's his answer to every poll question. Oh, come so. on. <laughs> how about uh, how about the Ten Commandments? Does that count? <laughs> uh, for me, it does. But uh, Jake Scott probably not. <laughs> so you're a believer. I believe in some of that. <laughs> not, not sure, not sure how much uh, Charlton Heston uh, n- was correct in his depiction or, or incorrect, but yeah, all right. Some things happened, some things didn't. You choose. Yeah, like you said, in a lot of these historical accounts, you're not quite sure where the truth is and where the fiction begins. I mean, <laughs> stuff gets stretched all over the place. Now, had there been a plague of fish hooks. <laughs> then they would have shaped themselves you know, up I've real quick. I've often wondered about history, though. When you're reading a historical account, how do they know that that's what happened? <laughs> it seems like there's an awful lot of filling in the gaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody was there. How do you know that conversation took place? Seems like license is taken big time. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we'll continue. we got some more to talk about the Utah Jazz. We'll get to that coming up next right here on The Big Show.